0: Welcome everybody joining us on uh, our online campus. We're so glad that you tuned in. This is week number three uh, in our series that we're calling Unshakable Purpose. Uh, We started off the series, really, the whole series is about who we are as a Valley family as we're just celebrating all of God's goodness and reminding ourselves of why we do what it is. Uh, that we do all the time, week in and, and week out. Week number one, we talked about unshakable vision, and then last week we celebrated the 46th anniversary of our church, and uh, it was such a great time just, just giving God the glory uh, for all the great things He's done. Next week's the finale. I want to invite you back for that. Uh, we're going to be talking about unshakable relationships. I, I think it's going to be really, really practical uh, for so many of us just to really remember how important those spiritual friendships are, but today I want to talk about unshakable pursuit. Before we do that, I just want to encourage you: hang on to the very end of the message here today. Don't get distracted. We've got a, a special announcement that's going to be coming up at the end of the message, and and you don't want to miss it because there's three kinds of people in the world: uh, those who say, uh, those who make it happen, those who watch it happen. And those who say, what happened? And you don't want to be, especially those third people, uh, so hang on to the end of the message uh, today for a special announcement that we want you to be aware of uh, and be in the loop on uh, for our online campus, those that are joining us. But today I do want to talk about unshakable Pursuit. Unshakable pursuit, because that's part of being a follower of Christ. We have to continue to pursue all that God has for us. And uh, you know, I I think about particularly this message as we're going to be diving in now. uh, That what I want to talk about today, you know, it it kind of I think for a lot of Christians has kind of been optional. But living in the uncertain times that we find ourselves in today, uh, this is no longer optional. It's actually like critical. It's absolutely critical. It's a must. Uh, What I want to look at today and this whole idea of pursuing Jesus, because if if we're not doing that, boy, we are going to be downcast, (laughs) depressed, uh, aimless, uh, just just despondent. It's not going to be good what we're going to experience, especially when everything around us in our culture, there's so much shifting around in all the circumstances. And I want to jump back into a verse that we used last week that I think is so important. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and this is on our website in the sermon notes. You can follow along with me. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So, so when we're plugged in to his church, it's his church, he takes personal, you know, he, he makes it a very personal thing, not the church, his church. Then, then nothing, not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against his church. And, and that's why it's really important that we pursue him and vitally planted in the house of the Lord as well. And so that's what I want to talk about today in this whole idea of unshakable pursuit. In other words, we never give up. We never arrive. It's, it's an ongoing going after God. And, and I don't know about you, but, but I really, I want to pursue all that God has for me. I don't want to, How sad would it be if one day, you know, when, when God brings us home and we stand before him and he says, you know, Greg, I had so much more for you, but you were just satisfied with the least, uh, least little bit that I had for you. I had so much more for you to experience in your life, in your relationship with me, uh, but, but you didn't really want it. I don't, wanna, I don't want that to be the case for me. I don't want that to be the case for you either. And, and so I think the reality is, and this is kind of the big picture for this message today, all that we have is not all that God has. All that, that you've experienced in your life, in your relationship with Christ, everything I've experienced in my life, in my relationship with Christ, there's still more. There's always more that God has for us in our relationship with Him. There is more. In fact, sometimes you hear this verse kind of quoted. I've quoted it myself, but sometimes people pull it out of context I think it's really important. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, However, it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And it stops there. A lot of times people stop reading. But listen to the broader context. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit in this life, that God's revealed it by his Holy Spirit. And that's why we need to walk in the Holy Spirit, walk in step with the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And so today, what I wanna talk to you about is is really one of the deep things of God uh, in in terms of pursuing, unshakably pursuing God no matter what, and, and what that looks like. Because God has revealed His plan and His purpose and the totality of everything He wants you to experience and me to experience in this life. It is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. But if we're not in tune, if we're not walking with the Holy Spirit, we're going to leave all kinds of things undone in our life that God planned and purposed for us. And we're never going to fulfill the reason He created you. And the reason that He created me. And, and so this word spirit here that you see uh, in this verse where it says he has, re- he has revealed it to us by His Spirit, uh, the, the The word for this in the original language of the New Testament, the word for spirit, Holy Spirit, is is pneuma. It's actually where we get our English word from, pneumonia, which is a breathing problem. It's a problem with our breath when someone has pneumonia. It, It means breath. It means the breath of God. It means the wind. It means life itself. The pneuma, the Holy Spirit of God. He's revealed it to us by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So, this message might actually even be a little bit deeper than generally that we go on a Sunday. But I just feel like as we're looking at who we are as a church family, why this is so, you know, why we do what we do, I, I just think it's so important that we remind ourselves this has been central in the history of our church from day one. The whole idea of walking in the Spirit and being full of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and more now than ever, as I said, this is not a luxury, this is a necessity in the times in which we live. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 says, Paul actually was talking about how important it is the, the whole idea of the Spirit and, and the power of God that comes from the Holy Spirit. And look at what he says to the church of Corinth, he goes, My message and my preaching. Uh, but we're not with wise and persuasive words. You know, a lot of preaching is just that. It's talking to people's heads, and and there's no power in it. It's just talking to intelligence. He said, but the demonstration of the Spirit's power. That's a whole other level of preaching. It it wasn't just persuasive words. It wasn't just being articulate. It was a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom. In, In other words, Paul said, I'm not just talking to your heads. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart while I am preaching. That's a whole different kind of preaching. And it says, not that your faith might rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. How does that come? It's the Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit's power. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, he actually goes on and he says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. That's what it means to follow Jesus Christ, that we passionately pursue. Last week we talked about unshakable passion. This week, the pursuit, that we passionately pursue the Holy Spirit and we walk by the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. He gives us power for living every single day, the life that he created you and I for. We have no power on our own to live that life. That you can work it up, try to be a good person, you just fail, you just be miserable. And there's nothing more miserable in this world than a Christian who's trying to live the Christian life apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. They're the most miserable people on the planet. The kingdom of God is not a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. And so... How does this happen? Well, there's three ways that this happens in our life. And what I want to talk about is three baptisms that the Bible clearly uh, puts forth the importance of three different baptisms in the life of every single Christian. In the life of every single Christian. Three baptisms that are available for you. Three baptisms that are available for every, you don't You can't earn this. You, you can't be good enough to deserve it. These are all God's gifts. It's not about our works at all. The first one is this, baptism into the body of Christ, and that happens at salvation. Baptism into the body of Christ, into the family of God. I'm gonna go a little theological on you here today, so just buckle up. You can look back on the notes uh, if you, if you kind of lose track of, of where we're headed. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says, For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. And in other words, uh, next month when we talk about uh, beginning uh, second week of October and we're talking about unshakable faith, and we're going to be looking at some of the distinctives between Catholic Faith and and Protestant faith, it's still all one body of Christ, but There are emphasis. We emphasize certain things, but it's still the body of Christ. There's one body. It's not the Catholic body. It's not the Protestant body. It's just we're going to be answering some of these questions about what makes us distinct and different uh, as opposed to the Catholic expression of Christianity. It's one body, the body of Christ. And that happens at salvation. That happens at the moment that any individual on their own behalf says I repent of my sins, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. It's through his sinless life, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection from the dead— I receive that sacrifice of Jesus, and in that moment, we're baptized, we're put into, that's the whole idea, that word baptized means to be submerged, it means to be immersed, it's actually not even a a theological term, it's it's to sink, to dunk, that's what it means, We're, we're put into the family of God at that moment of salvation. And so really important that baptism into the body of Christ. Galatians chapter 3 helps to make this even clearer in verse 26 and 27. It says, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Common misconception, you hear people say, uh, talking about all the humanity, we're all God's children. There's only one problem with that. The Bible says the opposite. It does not say that anywhere in the Bible, that humanity is God's children. How do we become God's child? Here it is, Galatians 3, 26. You're all the children of God through faith in Christ. If you don't have faith in Christ, you're not a child of God. I I didn't make that up. It wasn't my decision to do it that way. That's the way God decided to do it. You're all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ have been clothed, have clothed yourself with Christ. So again, this whole idea that at that moment when we put our faith in Christ, we are baptized into the family of God. God places us, he adopts us into his family, and we call that the family of God, the body of Christ is one of the metaphors that's used. That's at the moment of salvation when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, we become his child, and that's the first baptism that's so important. And so I ask you today, Have you done that? Have you taken that step of faith, of really putting your faith in Christ Jesus and receiving him as your Savior and Lord? If not, at the end of this message, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that, To, to, to be baptized into the body of Christ, to join the family of God by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. Here's the second baptism, and this is really important. It was water baptism, and that is a public declaration of faith. Now, here's the thing. This is not required for salvation because salvation, forgiveness of sins, has nothing to do with me. There's no work I can do to earn it or deserve it. There's nothing you can ever do to deserve the forgiveness of God. That's why Jesus Christ came and lived a sinless life, died a sacrificial death and a substitute for you on the cross he paid the personal price for your sins the penalty for your sin and mine and rose again three days later water baptism this is the second baptism water baptism is really really important for the rest of life on earth first comes salvation then water baptism it's not baptism in water before being placed in the family of God And so we see this over and over throughout Scripture. And water baptism is really important for you and I to, if we're a follower of Christ, making that public declaration of faith because Jesus decided for himself to be baptized when he was 30 years old. And and if you're a follower of Christ, it only stands to reason we follow his example, that we make that decision for our own self. I want to follow his example and his commandment to be baptized in war, and that's a public thing. That's a public declaration of faith. Acts chapter 2 verse uh, 41, pretty interesting. Every single instance of the Bible, it follows this way. Those who accepted his message were baptized. There's not one instance anywhere in the Bible that, that people are baptized and then later on they accept the message of Christ. Doesn't happen. So so the first step is that salvation. They accepted, those who accepted the message of Christ, then they were baptized in water. And it's a public declaration. It's going public with your faith. It's kind of like the idea of, uh, let me put it this way. I've used this kind of illustration before. You know, Susie and I, my wife Susie and I, we fell in love in 1987. However, it was in 1990, we really went public with that love, and we made a public declaration of our love for each other till death do us part. That's our wedding. And, and so this ring is a symbol. It's a public declaration. This ring on my finger is a public declaration of my commitment to her for life. Uh, if, if I didn't make those vows, or anything, all the, the ring is just a ring. It means nothing. This doesn't mean I'm married. This is a symbol of I've given my life for her forever. For my lifetime, I've given my life committed to her. That's what water baptism is. Water baptism is I've accepted, I'm saved, I'm forgiven of my sins, and now I am giving publicly a testimony, my life belongs to Jesus. It's like the ring, my life belongs to Susie. That's, that's what water baptism really is, a public declaration of faith. And why is this important? Well, Jesus said this is really important because there are no such thing as like secret Christians, secret agents. It is very important, again, because not only did he do it, but he commanded every one of his followers, if you're going to obey, you need to be baptized in water, and it needs to be a public thing. And look at what, why this is so important. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 Jesus says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my heavenly Father, my Father in heaven. And, and so water baptism is that public, I'm going public with my commitment. It's like the wedding ceremony, if you will. Susan and I got married August 18th, 1990. That's not when we fell in love. That's when we went public with our lifelong commitment to each other and made vows before God. We loved each other before. We were in love. That's when we went public. We made that official August 18th, 1990. That's what water baptism is. I'm making it official, my commitment to live for Jesus Christ from this day forward. No one can make that decision for you. Your mom and dad can't do it. Grandparents can't do it. I can't do it. Every individual has to make that decision for themselves and and so we have an opportunity coming up actually here october the third at six o'clock we're we're just inviting everybody out for our baptism celebration at six o'clock if you have not taken that step if you have not experienced that step since accepting the message of jesus christ receiving him as your savior and lord if you've not been baptized in water then then i encourage you to to sign up for that today we have a short class at five o'clock that you can come for just to go through the logistics, and we go through all the scriptures, not all of them because there's so many about water baptism, uh, but, but a lot of the real important ones, so we understand fully, you know, what it's all about, and, and then the rest of the church family joins at six o'clock, we have a great time of worship, and, and then we baptize just in the water, just like Jesus, where it says he came up out of the water, he, he, he went immersed in the water, and then, came up out of the water. That's that picture of identifying. For a wedding, it's like a ring, it's vows. For a Christian, it's baptism in water, the decision the individual makes, following the example and the commandment, of Jesus Christ, so you can sign up for that, Uh, we, I think in May, we had 40 that were (laughs) baptized, invite your friends and family, because that's what it's all about, we're gonna have cake, y'all, cake is back, we're gonna have a big old cake, it's a big old time of celebrating together, it's one of the things i love the most about being a pastor is when we have a baptism celebration i think we already have 15 or or so people signed up for this time and it's going to be just a another wonderful night as we just here it is we just do what it is that jesus commanded us to do we're just following his example and his commandment to be baptized to be baptized so Now the third baptism, and this is where there's a lot of confusion, a lot of Christians have all kinds of confusion, and a lot of churches haven't helped to to clarify this and uh, just muddy the water. So a third baptism, and this third baptism, interesting enough, this third baptism is talked about so much more than the other two even, so much more than salvation. So much more than even water baptism is this third baptism. It's like 10 times more in the New Testament that it talks about this whole idea. And that is baptism in the Holy Spirit. And what is that? Living a spirit empowered life. I mean, you just can't get away from this in the Bible. And these are distinct things because baptism in water, that's a decision that you make. Baptism being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a decision that you make. Those, we have something to do with. We can not do it. We can reject. I ain't going to get wet in front of people. No way am I going to do that. I'm not going to ask for the Holy Spirit to baptize me uh, in in the Spirit. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Salvation is nothing to do with us. It's not that we figure it out, we can muster it up or anything like that. Salvation has no, there's no works. It has nothing to do with earning, deserving, deciding, or anything like that. It's God that does that. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is living a Spirit-empowered life. And there are a lot of Christians that instead of pursuing everything God has for them, have said, nope, I don't want that. Because of weird stuff that they've seen or they've heard about when it comes to this whole idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit. This has been central to Valley Christian Church since day one of our church since day one, since even before it became a church when it was just a Bible study. The whole idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. In fact, we were the first, what is called like a charismatic, is a lot of times how they're labeled nowadays. I just don't like labels, but, but charismatic. We were the first charismatic church uh, in, in Dutchess County, I think in the whole Mid-Hudson Valley. The first one ever in 1975, September the 15th. There are Pentecostal churches. Those are a little bit different, and those tend to be denominations. Charismatic, and I'll get to that in a minute, what the difference is between those two. And and so this is who we've always been. This is who we were. This is who we are as the Valley of Fame, and this is who we'll always be because we are passionately pursuing with unshakable pursuit everything that God has for us not just a little bit not 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 just enough to just go to heaven we want it all we want everything that God has for us I know I do and I know you do as well so Acts chapter 8 let's just look at what happens here this is uh after Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost and and so now the Christians Jesus did that when he was turned up to our heavenly father he poured out his holy spirit all kinds of stuff happened there in Acts chapter 2 pretty amazing stuff that you can read that on your own And, and then the church is beginning to spread outside of Jerusalem and and other people are coming to faith in Christ and watch what happens here in Acts chapter 8 Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed Christ there But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So, watch this now. We're talking about three baptisms. When they believed, that's baptism into the body of Christ. That's salvation, okay? Then many of them were baptized, both men and women. So, again, we see, believe first, salvation, forgiveness of sin. Next, what happens I want to follow Jesus' example. They're baptized in water, both men and women. And so those are the first two baptisms right there. However, watch. Go forward in Acts chapter 8. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, so they were saved, they were baptized in water, the first two baptisms, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers, so they're believers, they're totally in that first baptism, and they had been baptized in water. They prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, third baptism. That they, there's an initial, we're, we're birthed in the Spirit at salvation, but there's a difference between what's being talked about here. And this is what's commonly referred to as, they're not simultaneous things, baptism in the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it goes on and it says, Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. He was on the inside, and that says because that's why we're saved by the Spirit. But being baptized, being filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a big difference. It's like this. At the moment of salvation, the Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit comes in, and we become alive. It's like taking a drink of water. The Spirit comes inside. Then we're baptized in water. Or even at this point, even before baptism in water... We're baptized in the Holy Spirit when we ask the Holy Spirit to do that. That's like jumping into the ocean. The difference between drinking water, filling in there a little bit, and jumping into the ocean. That's what it means to be filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it goes on, it says, "...had not yet come, and they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus." They were baptized in water, but they were not baptized in the Spirit. "...then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit." They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So many people, I think, the reason for this is that they're resistant to this whole idea is they think that, you know, if if I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to turn like really spooky and strange. And the thing I always say about that is this if you're strange before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're going to be strange after. You're just strange. That's all. Don't don't put that on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was nine years old. Nine years old, little boy. And I'm not so strange, am I? Well, maybe don't answer that question. But but you know, not spooky or, or anything. Maybe I'm strange, but I'm not spooky. You, you know. Uh, and and again, that strange, spook, spooky people, weird people—they're just weird. Don't don't put that on the Holy Spirit. And watch this. How how clear this is. I love this passage in First John chapter five, verse seven, explaining where you see all three of these. Look at this. First John chapter five. Uh, Seven through eight, New King James Version, it says, For there are three that bear witness where? In heaven. So watch this now. In heaven, so that's not about here on earth, but in heaven, there are three. There's something about three in the Bible, Trinity, all that, that bear witness to, to what is true Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. The Word is Jesus. In John chapter one, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That, that's, that's referring to Jesus. That's one of His names, the Word. So in heaven, there are three that bear witness. Father, Word, Son, and Holy Spirit. And these three are one. There it is, the Trinity, clear as crystal. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now watch this, that's heaven being referred to. And there are three that bear witness on earth. So now this is not talking about in heaven. This is talking about your life, my life, here on earth. This is what God's plan and purpose is for everybody. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. The Spirit is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The water is water baptism. And the blood, that is salvation. Jesus' sacrifice that he laid his life down, his blood was shed, his body was broken for you and for me on the cross. Right there in this scripture, it makes it clear, three baptisms. Three baptisms that God really desires and these three agree as one. There it is, on earth, the Spirit, baptizing the Holy Spirit, Water baptized in water and the blood baptized into the body of Christ. These three agree as one. And here's my question for you. Do you agree with these three? Because these three always agree with it. They work in tandem together. Or do you agree with two out of three? Or maybe just one out of three. Do you want as little of God as is necessary just to go to heaven? Or do you want it all? Are you passionately pursuing that unshakable pursuit of all that God has for you? These three agree, but do you agree? Do they agree with you? And do you agree with them? This is an important question. So why are some reluctant? I want to take a little time here right now at the end of this message, and just talk about why, why are some people reluctant, especially on this issue of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I think real, real quickly there's three reasons for that. The first is some are just uninformed. Some just don't know. Just, just like in Samaria, that they didn't know. Uh, in fact here's another instance of it in Acts chapter 19 uninformed when Apollos was in Corinth he was actually uh, had an apostolic ministry Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus there he found some disciples so again these are believers and he asked them did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed and they answered no we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit so so in other words this is ignorance this is they're uninformed they have no idea about this some people Some Christians are not baptized in the Holy Spirit because they just never heard about it. Maybe some other tradition, uh, a church background that you came from, or maybe no background whatsoever. and Maybe you're hearing about it for the first time today, and I'm glad that you are. It's great and so important in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. And and so they said, we had not even heard about it. So some are uninformed. And so that's what this message is about, going, you know, it's a little deeper, more theological uh, than, than maybe uh, usual Sundays in valley. But, but I think it's just so important during this series as we're, we're remembering who we are, who we have been, who we are, and who we always will be. But here's the second reason why some are reluctant. Uh, some are apathetic, and this is dangerous. This is very, very dangerous in the life of a Christian. Apathy. Apathy. Uh, we looked at it last week, and that's why I wanted to talk about unshakable passion before I talked about unshakable pursuit. But in Romans chapter 12 verse 11, it speaks to Christians, and it says real clearly: Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That that with it, there's never a time. Well, I served God for three years, you know, on the host team, and I'm not doing that anymore. That's just there's a big problem with that. God's word. So, so we're never supposed to, never, like, like never. There, there's no circumstance where we're supposed to be apathetic, passive, checked out, in the stands, standing on the sideline instead of in the game. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Jesus spoke about this even in the book of Revelation when he was speaking to one of the churches church of laodicea he goes you're neither hot nor cold you're lukewarm you're apathetic and he goes and i'm going to spit you out of my mouth god was i'd rather you be jesus i'd rather you be stone cold and reject me or full of zeal and spiritual fervor and pursue me but don't 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 just look to be convenient and casual and lukewarm in your relationship with me don't do that and so this 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 word just the, the word itself apathetic where we get our word apathy from apathetic it, in greek it, it actually means it's where it's from it, it means no passion no passion this is this is the time here in september 2021 this is the time to go all in with God and with the Holy Spirit, not just for fun. That's not why God gave the Holy Spirit. That's not why we're baptizing the Holy Spirit for fun. You know, it's not supposed to be a circus. not supposed to be some kind of sideshow. It's about power for living, a godly life, Christ-centered life in the midst of a culture that is completely rejecting everything that has to do with God. We, need, we can't be apathetic if we are with that lukewarm, we're not hot nor cold, and Jesus had a strong, strong, visceral response to lukewarm Christians that were apathetic. So some are uninformed, some are apathetic, and then I think the third reason why some are reluctant is some are fearful. Some are fearful. In James chapter one verse seventeen, it actually says, "Every good and perfect gift." is from above. So if God gives the Holy Spirit, we don't have to be afraid to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's good and it's perfect and it's from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. When the culture is changing like shifting shadows, when, when everything around us is uncertain and moving and, and and we don't know what to depend on, we can depend upon the Holy Spirit of God. And it's a good gift. It, it's it's. it's Pleasant, and it makes all the difference, and gives you and I the Holy Spirit, who's the third person, God Himself, power for living, the life that He created you to live, and He created me to live. So here's the statement. Here, here's what I want to really encourage you to do: pursue all that God has for you. Pursue all that God has for you. Don't don't leave anything on the shelf. That Jesus lived, died, and rose from the dead so that you could receive and that I could receive. Don't don't, don't settle for just a little, as little of a relationship with Christ as possible just to get to heaven and miss out on so much more that he has for you in this life. I want to end with this story, and I'm not, I'm going to put the scriptures up, but I'm going to kind of like walk through it more so, kind of tell it than read the scriptures uh, for the sake of time. But uh, in the Old Testament, in the the book of Ezekiel, God gave Ezekiel, the prophet, insight into the time coming when, when the Messiah would come, when, when Christ would come, when Jesus would come. And, and it's a very interesting prophetic uh analogy visual here that God gives in Ezekiel chapter 47 it begins and and he it says uh that a man came and he 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 made a measurement he he pulled out a measuring tape and and he measured off an area where God was working And, and watch this uh and and Ezekiel God allowed him to experience and write this down and he led him through the water that was ankle deep just around his ankles and 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 a lot of christians that's it just as little of god as necessary just some fire insurance don't want to go to hell want to go to heaven jesus be my lord and savior just just that that i'm in the family but uh i'm not growing in my relationship with christ past that i'm in the family of god but but nothing more than that just holding jesus off who died for you gave everything for you just holding him at arm's distance and and those are kind of like the ankle deep And, and then he moved farther down, and, and then he was knee-deep in the water. And this, this represents all that God has for him, this water that Ezekiel is seeing here. And, and, and that's some that, that not just like salvation, but I want, I want to go a little bit deeper. And so they go knee-deep. And, and then if we go to the next slide here, uh, it continues on in verse 3 and 5 of 47. And, and then, but then he went even further, and he went waist-deep into the things of God. And there are a lot of Christians who are just like, okay, you know, half of my life, I'll give God like half of me. Like, like, like he can have Sundays, maybe I get involved with a small group, you know, uh, you know something like that. I ain't, I ain't getting wet in front of people. I'm not getting baptized in water, but I'll kind of get involved with the church. you know. Maybe I'll even serve a little bit, you know, or something like that, but, but it's gonna be on my terms. It's when it's convenient for me, uh, and God doesn't have my whole heart. He certainly doesn't have my schedule. He doesn't have my pocketbook. He, he doesn't have my career, my work or anything, but, but I'm half in, I'm a halfer. I'm a halfer, uh, but it doesn't end there. And and then it continues, and now he comes into a river that that, that couldn't even cross. Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could actually even cross. And that represents the fullness of everything that God has. So, So it's not ankle, it's not knee, it's not even waist deep. And then in verse 9, and, and this this prophetic picture continues to unfold. And, and then it's like Ezekiel just jumps right in. And look at what it says. When he jumps into the river, all in, there will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Everything will live. The fullness of the life. That God created you for. Three baptisms. Baptized into the body of Christ. Salvation. Forgiven. Baptized in water. Public declaration. I'm committing my life to Jesus Christ. Church attendance doesn't do that. Joining a church doesn't do that. Water baptism. Is that declaration. It's the wedding ring. Third one. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Spirit baptized in the Holy Spirit, as diving in, and that is where the river flows, and everything will live. And so what I want to do right now is I just want to pray, and, and two specific prayers that, that, that I want to pray right now. The first is for salvation, and you can repeat this prayer after me. I'll tell you when, and you can open your heart up, and you'll be baptized into the family of God. The second is, I just want to lead any of you, every one of you, if you've not been baptized in the Spirit, to just invite the Holy Spirit to fill you. Be baptized with the Holy Spirit right now. You're not gonna shake, you're not gonna jerk, you're not gonna bark like a dog. You're gonna receive power to obey and live the life that God created you for in the river where everything lives. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. God, I just pray that... that This has become clear. This has cleared up a lot of misconceptions, a lot of weird ideas that people have had about these three baptisms today. And Father, right now, I just wanna, Lord, Lord, I just wanna lead every person, Lord, who has not been baptized into your family, receive Jesus as a savior to lead them in a prayer right now. So right now, if that's you, just, just repeat these words after me and open your heart up to Jesus right now. Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for rising from the dead for me. And I ask you now to lead me by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now I just want to pray. And just lead you in a prayer. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you just prayed a moment ago to receive Christ, you, you can pray right now, and you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit right now. Just, just Let's go to prayer once again. J- just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that my sins are forgiven, and he's my Savior and Lord. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. And now I ask you to baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to walk by your Spirit. I need power for living every day by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now listen, online campus, just write in the chat right now, just, just, if you receive Jesus Christ, go ahead and, and say, I put my faith in Christ for the first time today. If you baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time, just put that in the chat right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling me. And he has. It's not a feeling, it's a fact. It's not an emotion, it's a reality. And, And continually just pray, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And you watch the power to live the life that God created you for, not by our own strength, but the power of the Holy Spirit in your life from this day forward, because you're filled continually with His Spirit. Now, right now, we have a, a special announcement that we want to make, so I'm going to just invite Pastor Stephen to join me on, on stage right now. And uh, there, there's a pretty significant uh, moment coming uh, in, in the Francis life, yes, and uh, so I want to give Pastor Stephen an opportunity so you can just hear it right from him uh, about what's coming for the Francis family.
1: For sure. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to say, first off, powerful message. Thank you so much for letting the Holy Spirit use you. And we've been so grateful to be here, not just as people under your leadership, under your pastoring. And it's been truly an incredible journey. Six and a half years we've been together. Wow. It's been powerful. And Jasmine, my wife, even longer than that, being a part of the Johnson family. And, you know, we are excited to let you know, Valley family, that God has called me, my wife, Jasmine, and our young son, Maddox, to become pastors of a new church, uh, Liberty Church in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we truly love Everything that we have experienced here at Valley Christian Church. And after talking with the pastors there, along with also talking with Dr. Greg as well, yeah. we are all in agreement that this is the next best step for the Francis family. Mm-hmm. And please know uh, to anybody that's said you will see me again. Uh, we are <laughs> staying in the area, and Dr. Greg has already made sure that I'll be able to come back and speak from time to time here yeah. at Valley Christian Church. So very excited about that
0: and so it's going to be about a month of a transition here, uh, and, and I do want the whole church family to know I feel so honored in this whole process uh, that that actually it's been several months that that uh, Steve and I have been talking about this, and, and, and there have been a lot of churches that have contacted him uh, in, in the last few months, and they have prayed, they said no to several, uh, and, and yet they, they really feel like this is the right fit and and we feel that as well and, and so we're real excited they're going to be down in Brooklyn uh, and uh, there's a great church there and uh, and I have already negotiated with the pastor uh, with the leadership there that uh, he'll be able to Stephen will be able to come back and preach once or twice a year you know so uh, they're not gone yet just yet uh, and they're not going to be too too far but but down in Brooklyn but I just wanted you to hear that uh, from uh, Stephen himself. And this is part of that whole training center that we talked about uh, right. last week. This is just another step in that whole process. And uh, we're just so proud of you, Stephen and Jasmine, of course, and, and Maddox. We'll be missed, but it's great that you're not going to be too far for and sure. uh, be coming back, you know, uh, at least once a year, if not twice a year there. So Absolutely. thank you for six and a half years. It's been phenomenal, and we're so proud to be able to prepare you for this next step that God has for you. And so that's what it's all about is the kingdom of God. So thank you you so much. Love you too. Let's Uh, just hug it out. Okay, Valley family, family. love you guys. (laughs) Have a great week.